hey, hey, thanks very much indeed for showing up for this episode 14 of the What's Racing About podcast, The Wrap, the podcast that helps you get the most out of UK and Irish horse racing. In this episode, I'm going to reheat some of the content we dived into in episode five, when I used dosage profiling to deliver some new angles on last year's St. Ledger, and rather successfully so as it goes. I ended up highlighting the each-way claims of the Mediterranean, who came third, and the Ottoman Emperor, who from memory went off around about sort of second or third favourite, had definite questions to answer on breeding, and that one ended up blowing out completely. So, emboldened by that little cameo then, I thought it might be interesting to run a dosage profile and analysis over the races at the Cheltenham Festival. And, oh, whoa, easy tiger, back up a few steps. Let's re-examine exactly what I'm twitting on about here before rushing into yet another analysis of the forthcoming Cheltenham Festival. Actually, before I do that, a quick point about Cheltenham. If we're not quite there five weeks out from the festival, then we're certainly entering into that manic stage of the season. Punters are hoovering up rumours like Motley Crue doing cocaine on Sunset Strip in 1985. The racing bubble is fit to explode. And that's before we add fuel to the fire with the festival preview evening circuit firing up. The rap is really not that much different. I love Cheltenham with my life, and the going will be that much better once my ashes are scattered over the final furlong there when I finally do weigh in. However, my ambition for the wrap is to add genuine value to our listeners' racing experience. I don't want to deal in cheap platitudes about feeling like a kid at Christmas, or how many hours it is to the start of the Supreme Novices. The good stuff will come around quickly enough in its own right. And similarly, Rehashing statistics or regurgitation of other commentators' thoughts on the races is ripping you off, so basically to hell with that. I genuinely hope that the analysis I've undertaken and I'm about to discuss with you is groundbreaking and thought-provoking. I hope it helps you look at each of the races I've analysed from a different perspective, which you may not have considered. Now, what you do with that knowledge is up to you. But whilst this is not the magic bullet that, to mix metaphors, will lead you to punt in El Dorado, it may at least help you with your shortlisting process and whittle races down to key contenders before you have a bet. Okay, so having given it the big intro, what the hell is dosage profiling? Well, for a really detailed look at the subject, I definitely go back and revisit episode 5 of The Wrap. Pour yourself a glass of whatever you fancy, because I'll admit it is a pretty demanding listen. But I do think it ends up giving plausible, if only top-line insight, into how a horse's breeding can be a factor in its racing performance. Real breeding experts can discuss with confidence entire family bloodlines, discuss the merits of a horse's full brothers and sisters, and the impact of several generations of genetics on today's competitors. However, attaining such knowledge is a lifetime's work. Dosage analysis of the type I'm about to describe here is a breeding hack, if you like, that gives a relatively clear insight into a horse's stamina potential via a horse's dosage profile. Now, I'm pricing this like crazy here, but a horse's dosage profile is a shortcut, pedigree by numbers, if you like, approach to establishing the breeding profile of winners of a race, or in this case, the festival races plural, against which to measure the runners competing in this season's races. I don't propose to go into the history of dosage, that's covered in episode 5 of the podcast, as well as in Wikipedia and via authors such as Dr Steve Roman 
and Franco Varola. And Google is your friend here, folks. What I do want to do is to point you at the RAP's website, and that's www.rap.chat. www.rap.chat. And look at the most recent four blogs on the homepage. Each posting is an analysis of each day's races at the festival, with an analysis of the dosage profiles of the last 12 winners of each of the races on each of the days. I've then undertaken a bit of simple statistical analysis to see if there are any common trends to the breeding or dosage profile of the winners of these races. This is with a view to comparing the runners in this year's races against this dosage blueprint a bit more closer to race day, and seeing if you can chuck out some players who don't fit the profile while shortlisting those that are a closer fit to the ideal breeding template. I have bullet pointed a few caveats to these analysis in the introduction to each of the day's figures, and it's important to reiterate those limiting factors in this podcast. Firstly, and I cannot stress this strongly enough, dosage profiling is not the magic route to punting riches. It is merely another tool for the savvy and diligent punters' armoury albeit one which is definitely underused and can therefore highlight selections unconsidered by the mass of your fellow racegoers. The very definition of value betting prospects, if you like. The statistics I've incorporated into the analysis are, I hope, pretty standard secondary school math stuff, mean, median and modal values, together with standard deviation figures measuring the level of dispersal of figures around the average or the mean. The lower the standard deviation, the better for our purposes. I am fully aware that hardcore statisticians will shoot howitzer shells through my analysis. A sample size of just 12 races to draw statistically valid conclusions on what a winner's profile looks like, for example, would bring them out in a rash. Nonetheless, it's a start, an effort, a something to add to one's knowledge levels about a race before it unfolds. And, like I keep on reiterating... No one method of analysis, in isolation, is the road to punting Shangri-La. Finally, there's one very obvious point relating specifically to my analysis of the last 12 winners of the Mayor's Hurdle. The superb Mayor Cuvega won this race six times in a row, and five of these were in the last 12 years. Therefore, her influence on any statistical analysis is overpronounced, and conclusions drawn should bear in mind Cuvega's skewing of the statistics for this race. Finally, I've not analysed the new mayor's chase for obvious reasons and ditto the mayor's hurdle purely for the lack of data on that race. And you'll also find no reference to the cross-country chase because truth to tell, if this race never appeared on the schedule at the festival, that would be just peachy as far as I'm concerned. Basically, I try to block its very existence from my waking thoughts. So, there's the setup and the various caveats when accessing my research. If you're still enthused by this, then head on over to www.rap.chat to access the analyses. As to where you go with this research, well, let me walk you through how I've used it to get an early handle on the Albert Bartlett Novices Hurdle, which is the third race of Festival Friday. It's the longest distance hurdle race run by first season hurdlers at the festival, clocking in at just over three miles. I've honed in on this race because from a dosage profile in perspective, statistically, it's the race with the narrowest winner profile run at the festival. Basically, if dosage is going to work, then theoretically, this is the best race in which to put it to the test. 
If you go to www.rap.chat and click through to the day four analysis on the homepage, you can access the Albert Bartlett Hurdle PDF. First things first, it's always worth eyeballing the figures for a few minutes, just to familiarise yourself with what you're looking at and how the numbers for each winner come together individually and then collectively for the last 12 years. The first thing of note is that by the 2016 winner of the race, you know what I mean Harry, and to a lesser extent Penn Hill a year later, all of the winners have definite stamina bias to their dosage profiles, with dosage index figures at or below 1, and negative figures predominating in the final centre of distribution, or CD, figure. And remember, you can find out more about how these figures are arrived at, and what the implications of them are for understanding the stamina versus speed potential of a horse, at websites such as teamvalor.com, equibase.com, and of course by punching the dosage index in thoroughbred breeding into Google and Wikipedia. Back to the Albert Bartlett then. Having arrived at the template of the ideal dosage profile of the winner, I examined the dosage profiles of the likely protagonists in this race in market order via the website www.pedigreequery.com. And it's this website that will rapidly become your go-to resource for accessing the dosage profile of any racehorse currently in training pretty much anywhere in the world. On to the good stuff then. Let's have a shifty at the dosage profiles of this season's leading contenders. There's very little wrong with the dosage profiles of market leaders such as Jinto, Journey With Me and Hollow Games, whilst Jerry Colom and Manila Croon are both at every step pretty much perfectly for me too. Manila Kakuna looks a touch too speedily bred for my liking, and despite his victory at the Nathaniel Lacey Novices Hurdle at the Dublin Racing Festival, which is a race that historically has been a key trial race for the Albert Bartlett, he looks more likely to be heading for the shorter trip of the Ballymore Novices Hurdle on Festival Wednesday. I'm very much against Eric Bloodaxe, who bombed out in the race I've just mentioned, won by Minella Kakuna at the Dublin Racing Festival, based pretty much on his low dosage total. Ditto Staghorn, who has a couple of worrying outline figures on his profile, as does Grange Clear West. The one that interests me at a best price currently of 20 to 1 is Barden's Town Lad. The horse is another with a perfect dosage profile for the race. He's a course winner at this season's showcase meeting in October, acts on the likely good ground we'll be getting at the festival, and whilst lacking the class credentials of his rivals, it's pretty much guaranteed that the Bartlett is the race he'll be going for. He's raced tough, and that's often a good attribute in a race that goes to the more grinding as opposed to the flashy, precocious type. And whilst needing to improve again, he's done everything asked of him in his racing to date. So, some early dosage-inspired thoughts then on a festival race in which breeding analysis has proven a solid winner-finding tool over the past several years. And that's a race that I, for one, will be coming back to again once the runners are more firmly established a bit nearer the off time. Over to you then. See what you make of my research and charts and whether you can make it work in your homework ahead of the greatest show on turf, now only just over a month away. As ever, thanks for showing up for this podcast and clicking through to the rap.chat website. It means a lot to know we're having some traction in this marvellous world of racing. Be lucky. And until we meet up again, that's a wrap.